that funk, that sweet, that funky stuff. Give it to me. Give me that stuff, that funk, that sweet, that funky stuff. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give me funk, that sweet. What's up, bitches, bros, and non-binary hoes? My name's Colin Prentice, the arch. To my right is Tom Gannon, the heel. And to my left is Bryce Clark, the toe. How are we doing today, boys? I'm back, baby. Man, fantastic. Been a good day so far. I mean, it's sunny and 65. It's wiffle weather. Wiffle pod weather. Love hearing that and love having nice weather because spring and wiffle season is right around the corner. I mean, yeah, it's pre- it's basically here. I mean, two weeks out of Mid-Atlantic opening day, if you're not practicing, then you're probably going to come out rusty. And also, I want you guys to know that I skipped wiffle ball for this. Like, it was just a scrimmage, but still. Love hearing you skipping wiffle for this. Either way, we have a couple of guests today. Who's our guest? Our guests are Tim and Ryan Miguelrath. How are you doing today, boys? Well, we're doing all right. Pretty good. Just a kind of a relaxing day. We're just ready for the season to start. Love hearing that. Love hearing that. Well, we only got a couple weeks for that. But uh, how often does people mess up your guys' last name? Is it just a select few in the Wiffle world? (laughs) Like every day? No, I mean, our whole life, like people have been getting it wrong. They give it their best shot. But like that, uh... Everyone now is saying the Mackelrass, but actually that's not even that funny because we've been hearing that for our whole life. Yeah, it's pretty. (laughs) Mackelrath is a Mackelrath's a pretty common one. See, I think so too because I'm from West Virginia. I never, never thought once to call you the Mackelrass. It's always been Mackelrass. I think uh, people that our whole life. I feel like G. I feel like G started that with wiffle ball. Yeah, no, I believe so. That's where it originated from wiffle ball, but that's been a common one for quite a long time. How you guys doing? Oh, wonderful! Just enjoying the lovely day. Yeah, the weather is fantastic today. Tired, always working. Are we gonna see a full stomper squad opening day? Yes, Sirski. Hey, we're doing the interviewing here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right, I'll calm down a little. We will be asking the questions. So how are your off-seasons going? Uh, I mean, mine's been pretty good. I was chilling for a few months after we won again, just to relax a little bit. And uh, over the last three months, I just started working out again, started hitting every day I could. getting the juices flowing and uh i think we're like two weeks out now and i'm feeling how i should i mean i can start stretching a little more probably i feel like a little tight some days but i'm ready to go i feel like i keep getting better at hitting and stuff so i feel in good shape to start the season though so we'll see what happens what's been some of your favorite hitting drills get yourself ready uh, I mean, I don't you go and like just do BP whenever we can. Usually there's like a batting cage by our house. And then uh, obviously I hit the machine if Ryan's not home or like some days if I just want to go out alone, I'll hit the machine. And that definitely helps with my timing and whatnot. Also, like I'm obsessed with wiffle ball. So like I'll just be in my house, like visualizing at bats and like swinging in my living room and shit. Not like not fully swinging because I feel like that can mess you up. But just like I just visualize and make sure my mechanics feel good and everything. So not even just this past off season, but the last few off seasons while you guys have been on this dominant run, how often are you practicing? I mean, <laughs> whenever the weather is nice enough. Yeah, pretty much all the time. In the winter, from like February to like opening day and throughout the season, I'm like working out and stuff, like going on runs and doing all that. Like I know people like to make fun of it or make it a joke, but it definitely helps out and gives you a little bit of an edge in my opinion. So at least, and it's all related to wiffle ball. Like I'm not working out to look good or like be strong. I'm working out to have an edge over the competition. So that's definitely part of our preparation. And it starts in February usually or January. January, so yeah clearly you guys have that edge because i don't think there's really a lot of teams doing that we we didn't really start doing it like that seriously until 2021 so it definitely helped a little bit nice take notes everybody want to get better gotta work in the off season well yeah we want people to we want people to start like working out and like getting ready for wiffle ball because like we want to play everyone's best 
at the end of the day, I don't like it doesn't matter if we win or lose. It's just thrill of the competition. You just want to beat everyone at their best. So if we can inspire people to do it. We'll be happy. I'd rather beat you all at your best because, like, at the end of the day, I think that's what makes everyone else that much better. Whenever you're just at that certain level of competition, and you're getting your best, you're getting our best, or whoever you're playing, or whatever. And like, yeah, you just I mean, barely edge someone out. That just gets like next, like that next time you see each other, you like that, you remember that in the back of your head. So you're like, I got to do this better in order to get that either next run or get the yeah. next guy out, whatever it would be. To me, I, I know just, uh, it makes it more fun the competition side. No, sure. like. Sean, Sean has been starting to work out a little and put the work in for wiffle ball a little bit. And like you, I mean, re- it only takes like one person from the team to really start doing it first, and then if you're consistent with it, everyone else will start to hop on board because they're like, it's pretty inspiring. At least I feel like that's kind of what happened with us. Like, I'm not gonna lie, like I was the first one to really be like, all right, I'm not playing any games. I'm gonna really start like working out and like doing everything for wiffle ball. And I think like Ryan, Red and Stant, they saw that and we're like, all right, we're gonna start doing a little bit too. And they just got the ball rolling. And by mid season, we were like really locked in. We could tell it helped a lot. Oh yeah. Makes the day, it makes you last longer in the day too. And also, big shout out to Sean Ryan, as I'm from the last time, I might be wrong on the actual total weight loss, but he has lost, I think, 15 pounds. And I might be wrong, but he's done a really good job this offseason. He said he was going to do it, and he's been putting in the work. So shout out Sean Ryan. Yeah, he's our Tim McElrath. And it's not even just that. You guys are making every other wiffle ball team better because you're the team everybody's chasing. So you guys being this dedicated is making everybody kind of get to that yeah, another I mean, level. that's like that's awesome the thing yeah that's what we want especially at this point like i don't like i said it doesn't really matter if we win or lose like we just go into the games and want to beat everybody even if we lose like i don't want it to be easy i want it to be like a 5-4 game or like oh yeah we won against the jugs but they fucking beat us bad too it wasn't easy so if you can beat everyone or make it a close game with everyone at their best, I mean, that's what makes it fun all around for everybody. So, Yeah, I'm sure you guys want people to start working harder because winning every time must be getting a little boring at uh, this point. I mean, no, people can do whatever they want, like whatever you feel. It, we, we're going to lose games. Like, I'm not saying like if, you, if you, you're not going to beat us if you're not doing it because that's just not true. We're going to lose some games regardless, but... I think it does. Yeah, give but you guys have edge. a clear. Uh, yeah, you guys have a clear edge because, like, how would you be able to do what you guys are doing without some type of edge? And I th- honestly think that's what it is. Also, you're practicing more. Obviously, you're gonna have a better chance to win. It's like being smart too, though. Like, yeah, we're not just doing it every day. You gotta know when to just take a rest. And like, uh, it's not even for your physical either. Sometimes you just gotta not think about wiffle ball for a week, maybe. And like, if that's what you gotta do, that's what you gotta do. But. Speaking of edges, too, I think, like, it's not just, like, we drink so much water at the tournaments, at least my brother and I, like, I have to take a piss every, like, 20 minutes. It's not even a joke, and on the way home, I have to pull over and piss, like, (laughs) at least four times, probably. But the water helps so much throughout a long day. I like where you you can look over and see people who are like drinking the next night or just they're fine but they're not eating or drinking enough water and they're just beat up on the sideline while i'm like the sun and i'm still here like running up and down steps like skipping steps while i do it you could tell you're just so much fresher than most people and and you know you have that edge yeah something else i've noticed that the jugs do that i think that I do poorly is that you guys actually sit in the shade under your tent between games instead of walking around watching every other game and that you know like that uses a lot of energy just walking around in the sun everyone has their own thing like my brother and I we kind of like just chilling like I don't have to talk to people much to like have fun I just like enjoy watching and chilling Red is like, Red will watch every game. <laughs> this dude, Red, me and Ryan will go and watch a game. And we'll be like, oh, I wonder where Red and Stan is. And this dude, Red, is already at the game we went to watch. 
Red's, Red goes around and watches all the game, gets all the information, and that's like that's how he thrives, though, and that's just what he does. Well, that's what he needs to do. And same thing, Stan's like always all over the place and stuff too. But yeah, everyone has their own thing. You just gotta do what you're comfortable with and let the ball keep rolling. So y'all yell at me for these things. And listen to what the Mikel Rash just said. They're like, just do what you need to do to get yourself ready. Yeah, that's pretty – because everyone's let, different. Let me move around is what they're saying. Okay, what I'm what okay. I'm saying, though, is that I think something like drinking water is something that everybody should do. Like, it doesn't matter how you do it. You should probably – like, most of us should probably be drinking more water, myself included. Well, you know what they say, don't you? Yeah, I mean – If you don't drink water, you die. <laughs> it's true though i mean you can have a, true? a gatorade and all that shit it, it's pretty good but like you have to have like a lot of water too or else your like your muscles will start feeling sore when you're really like not sore so it definitely it's it's the best energy drink you can have at a tournament in my opinion at least so something i forgot to ask in the beginning is how did you guys get started in wiffle ball Give, a, give us the story. Give us the background. Oh, shit. This is it. Uh, I mean, we didn't really... So since the time we were real young, like about two years old, at our first... I It was like an apartment my parents had before we, they moved in the house we've been in for our whole life now. We would just be out there like with our dad playing wiffle ball and uh, like we developed dirt spots in the yard and all that. And then that kind of just transferred over as we got older uh, into our neighborhood. We found our best friend, uh, Seth. He's friends with Sean. Uh, Sean and all of us. We went to his house. We all, they were playing wiffle ball, pitcher's poison and stuff when we were in kindergarten. Hurt spots in the yard. Uh, day in, day out, we would get babysat there in the summer and all we did was just play wiffle ball. It was lob, whatever. We would do one-on-one -on -one tournaments. From there, uh, we found out more about wiffle ball, fast pitch online. And there was a local tournament in Kingston, uh, the Al Dumont wiffle tournament. Uh, all the money goes to a uh, cancer charity. But that's kind of where we fell. I actually, I actually played in that one year. Yeah, you guys, yeah, did you guys win that like eight years in a row or something yeah, crazy? Something like that. But uh, yeah, we were just young kids and we fell in love with it. And we eventually just rose to the top of that. There was a little local league we played in, rose to the top of that. Uh, we went to the Hudson Valley Wiffle Ball League, rose to the top of that, had to move on. And then we eventually found Palisades. And from there, it's just, yeah, we just like playing Wiffle Ball. Back when we had our like local league, and probably like the first few seasons of the local tournament like we we already stumbled upon the old national championship videos and a bunch of like old golden stick videos so like i remember being a kid like watching like Gary lavoy and like pat Leahy get all hyped up and make these crazy plays and pitches we were inspired by that we always wanted to play because we knew we there was more knew we wanted to play like that we knew there was more than what we were doing so we eventually knew we would we wanted to get to that top level eventually for me for me i can say like gary lavoy is the first person i saw like really get excited in wiffle ball like just from watching those old videos and uh, i remember like the nct niff walk-off home run with Whiffman's team and they just go crazy and that's just i mean i that's how i thought the game should be played and, and also we got a big hit or something in a local tournament like we would naturally just react and get hyped up <laughs> my brother and i like my dad's favorite baseball player was pete rose and then we used to watch the 86 mets video so like my brother and i loved lenny dykstra we kind of have a little bit of both of them in our blood i feel like so that, we that's a we also can get a little loud and filed up because of that too just how we play the game oh yeah i've seen it do you all plan celebrations or anything? Do you all like sit back at that? Or is this, or all, is all that just like on the fly? Oh, no, just, no way. Yeah, you, you meditate can't. a celebration, you're thinking too much. Yeah, that's that's but, too uh, far. Yeah. We also in our hometown, uh, baseball had and as a as a younger kid, like I use this excuse, baseball had a lot of politics, so we didn't play. And that uh that put a huge chip on our shoulder. But looking back, it just it was our mindset. Like we didn't want it enough because I know now we could beat probably like ninety percent of the high school team that was that was there when we were in high school. But that just contributes to the chip we play with and our celebrations and all that as someone that wasn't very good at baseball i love that no we were good uh 
Yeah, we were decent. We just didn't play. Well, I was bad. I, I didn't play. I didn't play for a different reason. Also, like, in our neighborhood... I just fell in love with wiffle ball. Yeah, we, we just chased we, that. We, my brother and I knew different. we knew it was wiffle ball. Like from an early age, like we didn't really care about baseball as much as wiffle ball. Everyone, they probably think you're like, oh, what are these kids doing? But so Tim, Tim, didn't you play against Vin Lee in like a college baseball game once? Oh yeah. Am I making that uh, up? My my last year of community college at Ulster, I decided to play baseball. And, uh, it was pretty fun. Like I just sent it and just wanted to do something different. And yeah, and our probably like midway through the season, we went to Rockland, Rockland County, and we played them in a two-game series. And uh, the first game we played against them, there was like this like sm- not little, but like Vin's like a, he was smaller back then, and, like. It was like this smaller pitcher, and I remember just, he, he had, I mean, it's not like he's a big dude now. Yeah, yeah, but like, I, I don't remember him because of that, but he had like this fire, and like, he didn't take shit for an answer, and like, he wasn't, he was just this fiery kid. Like, I didn't know it was Vin at the time, but uh, he had like a play at the plate where the biggest dude on our team, like, tried like to run him over, kind of. Vin got like right back up and like got in his face and shit. But we almost had like a little benches clearing brawl with our team, and Vin was at the center of it. And then, uh, like, obviously, we didn't know. Like, one day at MAW, we were talking. I was like, oh, yeah, I played for Ulster. And he was like, oh, I played for Rockland. What, like, what year? And we both said 2016. I was like, oh, yeah, we probably played it. He was like, yeah, you guys had almost had like a benches clearing brawl. Like one dude tried to run me over. I was like, no <laughs> way. I remember that. Like it turns out it was Vinny. So it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Dude, wiffle ball is like the ultimate like small world sport. Like there's so many of these weird, obscure connections between yeah, people. Like, I used to, I, I worked with Brendan Black last summer. We were co-workers. Uh-huh. <laughs> he, in mass. Yeah, he. Uh, it was. It was funny. Ethan Weiner is also the one that got me the job. It's at the uh, like the Worcester Red Sox, the Red Sox Triple A team. Oh, okay, He's like okay. one of the head of production guys over oh, there. Oh, that's pretty cool though. Yeah, the world's a lot smaller than you think, especially like cause we play wiffle ball, and not everyone can get good at it. So once you're in that community, you notice like people are a lot closer than you think. And it's like there's so many people that just put the game down before they get good at it, and I'm sure they could have. Oh, hundred percent. We're, we're, you know, we're all the people that actually did, so we have that same type of mindset. A lot of people play against people like us, and they think they'll never get that good. But then <laughs> we all know that if they just kept sticking to it, you eventually could. I notice a lot of the people who quit wiffle ball are like those baseball guys. Like I'm, t- they. I don't know. They want everything handed to them. They're going back to Tim playing baseball for Ulster. Uh, That was one of the most inspiring things I've ever seen because, like, we hadn't played baseball since Babe Ruth, and he tried out. He was hungry. He was putting all this work in. And I could tell, like, there were some guys on that team who their fucking parents probably know the coach or whatever, and they think they're going to play left field already. Like, it's it's always like a there's always some weird shit like that in baseball. This dude, Tim, goes in and is grinding every day. And he wound up taking their spots. And like, yeah, honestly, that like, that fueled me. And then his first at bat, I was there watching the game. Uh, I think he worked the count full or something. And the guy threw him a curveball. His first at bat, he got a little hit to right field. I was never. It wasn't never a little so, hit. I no, drilled it. Line drive. Yeah, not a little hit, but it just, I was never so inspired. That felt so good. I just knew we would have something. I don't know. He remembers too. Yeah, I yeah, wiffle no, ball inspired it. No, I can do it. I knew if I could hit the wiffle ball pitching, I could hit baseballs like eventually if I just practice enough. So I like being humble, but trust me, like I yeah, I, I, I probably won't even mention this that much more. There's so many people that we went to high school with that played baseball that are not better ball players than us right now, and I know it for a fact. Yeah, it's like the fact that you guys have also been playing wiffle ball. Like, if you didn't play wiffle ball during that whole layoff, you probably wouldn't have been able to just jump right back into baseball. <laughs> it's like I haven't, I haven't played baseball in like ten years, but like I bet I could like be okay at it now. Oh no, I'd be wiffle ball. It's just crazy to to have that big of a gap between where you last played competitively from Babe Ruth League to college baseball. That's just insane. Like you don't hear shit like that. Yeah, no. If you put it's. It's just like anything else. If you grind and practice, you'll be you'll be all right.
Oh, I have a question going on Palisades because y'all played in Palisades for what seems like a really long time. Yeah, 2012. Yeah, I like to think of Palisades as like, that's where we came from. I still love that league to this day, and I, I love Palisades. Like, that, we didn't come from any other league. Like, we didn't play in Golden Stick. Like, I represent Palisades, WBL. So that, that's where we came from. I feel the same way with, like, say, like any league that I played in. Competitively, like, at, like, Maul, Maul would be mine because it was, like, what got me going into the whole fast pitch scene. And now I'm like, you know what I mean? I feel like everyone could say something like that. Like, it's not like, it's just like, that's just how you got your start. And then it just kind of like fueled everything. Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, MAW is, is our league now. Like, it's ride or die with them. Like, that's, that's, MAW helped us get over that hump and start learning how to be good in tournaments. Cause we always did good in tournaments, but we would always lose in like the final four, or, like the championship or something. But after a while, you just, Learn how it's done and how to outlast and like stay fresh throughout every game and just finish the job. MAW definitely played a huge part in that, and that's yeah. that's where we are now. Like it's it's MAW or in tournaments or you can't afford a loss. We're in a league if it's a two out of three series or even regular season. Like you still don't want to lose, but you can if you lose like a game, you're not necessarily out. We were just we were conditioned for a league. I don't know, it's yeah. hard to explain, but we could game plan. Oh, it makes sense because it's. A tournament circuit yeah we could game plan for a three game series as a one random game you don't know who you're playing and like yeah palisades was a league but the thing that i think helped us was that some people thought fast pitch was dead at the same time we were playing a full season in palisades so yeah. it was never dead it was just not where you where everyone where it used to be right different style the style changed from tournament circuit to a league format for fast pitch it, it had just become more popular at the time yeah yeah i mean i think jordan tim and i took fast pitch by the horns and ha fucking held it up that's that I can completely agree with that. With the help of Brett, too, like, for sure, 100%, because you, know, you can say what you want about that guy, but what he did with Palisades was incredible. It, it became the best. There's no question about it. There's no debate. I just love the fact how it went from, like, it dwindled down to, like, a 12-team national tournament, and now, look, like, it's four, it's been 40, 40, 40 plus the last, what, three years, four years, whatever it has been. So, like, to see that growth is amazing. Oh, yeah. oh it's insane. There's kids out there playing too right now, like little YouTubers. The the game's alive. You just gotta gotta yeah, believe it. Just because it's not your old league or whatever anymore doesn't mean it's dying. Trust me. You gotta get outside of that bubble and think of the game as a whole, not just the league you part of. Oh yeah, I'd rather see the whole game grow because that to me makes it. Also, like you could say whatever you want about the cooks too, but they they know all of this and like. Oh man, they do a wonderful job. They grew this tournament and this game so fast, more than faster than anyone ever could have, and it's pretty incredible to see. So they know they know what they're doing. I mean, you could when shit changes, like it's not easy, it's not comfortable, but they have the right idea of what they want to make the game in the long term, in my opinion, and it's paying off right now. So. And they've done so well, even listen to the player body. They would have new ideas or something to try it out. And they get our feedback and then they make tweaks to it and it works for everybody. Like they're not scared to implement new things neither. And people on the other end, people shouldn't be afraid to criticize things either. Because if, you, if you're just, oh, okay, that's just the rule. It's the rule. It's the way it is. Like nothing's going to get done or nothing's going to change. So like you can't be afraid to criticize shit either. It's, it's just natural. Like everyone is going to just have to be open minded. Yeah, like total, total bases. You guys remember when there was total bases? Are you guys happy to not have total bases? Even Fast Plastic had it. Like that was that was the thing that used to drive me crazy. And it's like the way it is now, it's still kind of total bases, but you don't start counting until extras. And Palisades, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Total bases was a huge part of Palisades because you would get one Man. extra inning and then it would come down to that for every game, no matter what, unless it was playoffs. So there would be times where we were counting our total bases in the second inning. Yeah. Sometimes be like that. It, total bases felt like runs sometimes. It made the game a lot more stressful for the pitcher because you had to be as close to perfect as you could every game. 
Right. Hey, I like how it is now. I like I like with loaded bases. Even if like you could take away loaded base, maybe put a runner on second sometimes, but then eventually move to loaded base. It doesn't matter. I just think it's a heck of a lot easier to lose a game that way than for you to throw like a no hitter, but you just walk one guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, it flows better. It flows better and it feels better when you're in the field that those runners are on base and stuff. That even if you start with loaded, it just feels better. It's still bases, but we're calling it a run. So it's like, it seems like it's such a small change, but I feel like it made a world of difference with just like how mad I was losing a game. Yeah, yeah. It just, I don't know. There's something about it. I feel more comfortable losing that way than I would, like I said, with the total bases. I just feel better about it. Yeah, oh, 100%. If you hit a walk off with the bases loaded, it's still a grand slam compared to like if you just hit it <laughs> yeah. and it was like no one on base, but it it was a total bases walk off. You still feel better because it's a grand slam. So first, first batter up isn't a grand slam. Let's go. Where else do you get this? <laughs> so going back to Palisades, did you guys have any teams that you really loved playing with? Oh yeah, for sure. Our I mean, they were all, it was fun. Like for Palisades, you didn't have to show up and play with your friends. Everyone kind of just mixed together perfectly. So you would get drafted to a team and it would, it wasn't ever weird. It was never awkward. Like you're playing with somebody you know, it just, it felt right. So just because you would switch teams every year, but that was fun. But then come 2016, 17 and 18, when we were the Giants, uh, specifically in 2017 with Phil, and with uh, Fisher, that team was a lot of fun. We just worked. That was, was something else. They bought in with us and it just worked out. I like playing with the, I mean, obviously 2017 was real fun. It was like Ryan's championship and I, that's probably my most fun year. Also 2014 when I won with the Brewers, that was a wild, wild run that we had. It was just magical and super fun. And it was like the first big championship my brother or I even won. So it always means something. I didn't realize in 2017, I, I remember this just because we, uh, the Phenoms ended up playing y'all at Fast Plastic. So it was you. No, that, that was, was 2000. 20. That was 2018. That was 18. But you had, it was you guys though, Fisher, Bragg. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yep, and we had uh, Scott Bragg. My brother and I, we, tried, we asked a bunch There's of so different... many people to play with We asked a bunch of good pitchers to play with us, but everyone thought they had a better chance at playing with someone else. But I get it. It was in 2018, but... We were just still yeah. kids from Palisades. Yeah, no one really heard of us because we were from Palisades, and people thought they had a better chance at playing with someone else. But if you look back, I mean, Scott Bragg's a great player and a great dude, but he didn't play too much, and, like, if we had had a another elite level pitcher like another ace i think we could have won that tournament bro. but people know now though that's the first time i that's the first time that i saw you all was that year oh yeah you guys yeah the one that had like the 10k prize then it went down to 5k only like 2500 i was new too i was just <laughs> yeah i remember fun tournaments though they were a lot of fun those first went yeah, Texas was a good time. I met Dave and Scott earlier that year in Tennessee at a tournament. That's the first time I ever met them guys. That's how I got mixed up with the Phenoms, was at that Tennessee tournament. Those was our, our Palisades team. Yeah, and it just, <laughs> just uh, the eternal champs of Palisades, the Giants. Yeah, yeah, that one, yeah. Yeah, that one way down. That's how. That's where I met them two at, and Toast and Packer and them, and Pagano. Yeah, when you said that, that now but I put the two and two together. Like that's why you all were the Giants. I never understood why y'all were the Giants. So now it makes now it makes sense to me. So were there any times, with the exception of a draft tournament, that you guys haven't played on the same team, or have you always played on the same team? Yeah, not in Palisades. Uh, we didn't play with each other. We played with each other in 2013. So 2012, 2014, and 2015, we played on separate teams. Yeah, so, dude, honestly, in Palisades the first year, I didn't even plan on playing wiffle ball. Oh, yeah, like, I, I, funny, man. it was just Sean and Ryan, and they were, like, real you good at I tell it, or? You can tell it, yeah, I don't so care. So, fucking, this, you guys were talking about video games before. 
Tim was so good at Call of Duty 4 <laughs> on Xbox 360 as a sniper. I'm telling you, like, he was the best I've ever seen. He might be able to beat anybody who plays Wiffle Ball. Whatever, he was so good. We thought you had to be good at pitching to, like, be good at Wiffle Ball. So, Sean, me and Sean were good pitchers. We went out to Palisades, we got on teams, and we started playing. Tim was, Tim could always hit. He wasn't, like, the best pitcher. He could hit better than me, probably. Whatever. A couple weeks into the season, a tree in our parents' yard gets struck by lightning. And you can see like the lightning marks travel down the tree through the grass. That wound up blowing his Xbox out. <laughs> so he had nothing to do. And he, uh, yeah, he just started playing wiffle ball with us and the rest was his. Yeah, I went I went <laughs> to the first I went to the first two weeks of Palisades just to like cheer Ryan and Sean on. And like I remember looking around and I was like, wait, like why are I can <laughs> I can play. Like I could I could probably play in this. So later on in the year I joined the Cardinals and I had a rough start. Like the first the first game, my first ever ball hit to me was from Rich Galad. He smoked the line drive to me in left field. It bounced off my hands and went over the fence. Welcome to the like I only hit like one or two home runs that year, but I was it was just I knew I could compete though. So and the dream was kept alive. That fun that story is so funny because Tim also went on to be the first of you three to be the pitcher to win a championship. Yeah, nope. it's well in uh I, in 2012, yeah, I wanted to pitch more, but uh, like Bobby Daly, uh, we had like pitchers on our team already, so I knew I could pitch. And then even and in then 2000, <laughs> well, I mean in 2013, I could have pitched too. I think I went like no, you four and zero. But I didn't pitch as much, but I knew I could pitch though because I developed screwball real well. Yeah, I made my screwball good, and I had some other shit. So then in 2014, like it was my first year ever like acing a team. I just <laughs> I couldn't not lose. Like I just wanted it so bad, and it worked out. See, if you, in 2014, how how old were you in 2014? We were 20, oh, right? I think we were 20. 20. Yeah, like, oh, it was, it was fun. We were still kids back then, man. It's kind of crazy. We Almost 10 years ago. Palisades, too, was cool because, like, we started when we were 18. Like, we just got out of high school. Uh, so besides work, I mean, Wiffle Ball was, like, the first place where we had, like, adult friendships, if that makes sense. I don't know. We just, we grew up through that league as kids to, like, young adults. So yeah, there was just something about it. I don't know. It was, it was the best. Yeah, the league was crazy. And I'm I'm really glad that I decided to play like in basically the last season there was. Yeah, that was uh so yeah, that was, we technically we, we don't really count that. Yeah, that that wasn't Palisades. <laughs> that was baloney is what it was. But it was still it was it was like uh the skeleton of it though. What was left. Yeah, and it was still like it was still like a good like there were good games being played. Like the playoffs was kinda shaky but like during the whole season uh it was pretty much just as competitive as before there just weren't as many teams yeah we were in much i don't even think those stats exist anymore which speaks volumes so and you guys so the run you guys had with the giants and palisades i think that there's a lot of similarities between that and the run you're having with the jugs right now in mid-atlantic uh where you have the back-to-back championships and there's also there's a lot of there's a lot of player overlap between that era of palisades and the guys that have kept playing come down to mid-atlantic so i just kind of want you guys to compare the two things obviously like one's a league that's week to week one's the tournament format but just what what things do you like you know the, even the the bucket of balls versus one ball and little differences like that I mean, the bucket, I'm not even that big of a fan of. It just worked. I mean, yeah, it worked for Palisades. It was a rule, so we used it. And the, like, the pitching was definitely, like, you could mix in an uncut ball and a bunch of different scuff balls. Like, nowadays, Ryan can throw, if we used a bucket, he would use the sanded ball, a cut ball, and a clean ball. So you have, like, an arsenal of, like, 20 pitches. Uh, I think I like the one ball, like, better overall. Just... It's more like, it's cleaner. It's more consistent. Yeah. yeah it's just, and I mean, you could see it in the NWLA tournament. Like, even if they just use one clean ball, like, it's more consistent. You throw more strikes, less guys are getting walked. I mean, you can argue it all you want, but it's, it's the truth of the situation. So it just makes it, like, more consistent and a cleaner game. Another thing about Palisades, too, that was sick was uh, you had two weeks and you knew who you were going to play that week. 
So we, we had two weeks to watch YouTube, whatever it was, to game plan. And uh, that, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, like in Palisades, we would like study, like we film on people and like who we would play. And it was a league. So like we, we knew how to win the league. We knew how to win every, like at least one game or two games a week. And then come playoffs, we knew how to grind it out. And then for MAW, uh, I mean, we never did bad. Like as the Jugs, we won the regular season every year. Like we just, like I said earlier, we couldn't get it done. Like we would always lose in the semifinals and stuff. So now we figured out how to push through the tournaments and like just keep going until the end and get the job done. So, I mean, I guess it's all similar in like preparation, but you just prepare differently for a league versus a tournament. Speaking of pulling people too, it's important that like people know the role on the team and don't question when you get pulled out because it is for the better of the team. Like, it does help out. Like a, a pitcher might think they can still go, but when you see that they're gassing out a little, it might be better just to have someone else come in and win the game. You might not win the game on the mound, but your team will win the game and it feels a lot better. No, when to throw guys win. When to pull them is pretty important in tournament circuits because you might end up needing them later. But you don't want to pull them too early either. Cause you got to win the game you're in too. Yeah, uh, or you're comparing Palisades and MAW. I mean, competitive wise, it's. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much it's just professional wiffle ball. It's the highest level you can get. That's one thing a lot of people don't understand because they have like this weird conception that Palisades was like this beginners league. That it wasn't easy to win. It was very competitive, especially towards the end. It's all the same guys that are good now that were doing it back then. I was hearing names and stuff that played in it. To me, it's like you're still have a large gathering of all the talent still playing in one spot. There's no, it's no different. Oh yeah, that's where like you have like Devin. Tell you it wasn't easy to win. You have like Devin Torres, like Kenny, and all them. Garrett and like now, yeah, they're in. They made what the final four this year in the UF tournament. So it's just like you get to a point where it's not about like how good you like how good you are and how much better that person from that league is compared to this person from that league it's about if you just play throughout the year and you're more conditioned and more ready to go like people who are playing all year in this one league are going to be just as good or better than people who are playing in this league but for like two weeks out of the year and then just show up to the tournament yeah we were just getting the reps in and getting better and getting better and getting better and now it's just it week pays in and week out while a ton of other people thought fast pitch was dead or whatever because it wasn't the league that they were used to. So that's their fault. Yeah, there's no real secret. You just got to play. Like, I think you guys probably play more than everybody else, and that's why you've gotten to be the best. Yeah, we've been, that, we've been preaching it. Like, that's what we do. I feel, and we do it as a team. So it just the chemistry and works out for us. Yeah, those reps matter. Going back to the different kinds of wiffle balls that you use, do you guys have a specific preference? Because I know, Ryan, you mainly use the uh, sandpaper ball now, but do you have a different preference per day sometimes, or is it always the same? Uh, I mean, for scuff ball pitching now, I do. Like, I like the sandpaper ball. I mean, it just, I can throw it harder. That's it, really. Like, I've reinvented myself a few times now through my career, so it just that just works for me now. And can you give us? Can you drop any of the secrets to the sandpaper ball? Like what what grade of sand grain of sandpaper you use, or you know, <laughs> how you actually spin it around? Or are you keeping that keeping that a secret? Yeah, no, I use like 80 grit and it just, I don't know. I, I had a few ideas on how to get it to move how I want. I went home and I, I tr the first ball I tried, I was like, wow, this is really close. I tweaked a few other things, a few scratches in certain spots and those oh, got it. The, the sanded ball for Ryan, it's not like, it's kind of crazy, honestly. It's not like he just like picked it up and started testing it out and stuff like he knew he had to switch something up the conventional cut ball was getting hit and ryan like this it, this was like years in the making he noticed like way back in 2012 13 14 that some of like the like the golden stick players and like the people who constantly saw the more conventional pitching he noticed like all these years ago that they struggled against like a like some Palisades, Palisades pitchers used to throw like a, a 
a fastball that had screwing movement. And it was and like they, sandpaper ball. Yeah, and I could tell that they didn't really, they couldn't hit it. I don't know why. So, like, he kind of figured, like, oh, I, I think I'm going to try this. And, like, it'll keep people off balance for the most part. And I'm not even going to lie. Like, I thought this dude was crazy for trying it at first. I wasn't for it. I was like, yeah, just try it out. And then, like, see what happens. If it doesn't work, it is what it is. But, like... <laughs> He was persistent on it and kept using it and getting better and like kept telling me that no, this is gonna work. And then I remember like one time I stepped in the box against it. The first pitch he threw me, I was like, what the fuck was that? I asked him, I was like, was that a slider? And he was like, no, that was a screwball. Like right from that moment, he kept throwing me more and more. I was like, wow, this is different. And like, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> hey Ron, earlier you said that when you're making tweaks and stuff with your sandpaper, sandpaper ball, you would cut it in an area. Are you saying you also knife a part of your ball? No, I don't knife it. I scratch it. Yeah, so are, are you are you spinning the ball like the way, you know, with the holes lined up the way it spins? Are you going against the holes? Like, how, how are you making this ball? How much are you willing to describe it? But you're just scratching it with the sandpaper? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Anybody could try it. It's really not like, I don't know. I don't think we see really, you know, I just kind of like spin it. Like, it looks like he spins the ball like counterclockwise just... against the sandpaper. That's what it just looked like he was doing. Okay, you're just going a little bit more rough in a certain area. Got it. And then you have, you have the ball lined up sort of with the holes, you know, as if you're throwing a pitch. And then top and bottom, are you just kind of going in circles or how does that work? It's like the same motion, kind of. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it, really. Like I just knew from years. Yeah. So you basically you basically spin the ball and then apply the sandpaper, and the sandpaper is not moving. You just keep spinning the ball until you guff the whole surface of it. Yeah. 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 Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I just had an idea of what might work just based off of over ten years of throwing certain wiffle balls. I just knew how some cuts and areas work. I just put it together and uh, we got we have what we have now. I, I wonder if uh, the sales of 80 grit sandpaper are about to go up. Oh, I mean, <laughs> if someone wants to try it, by all means, go for it. Just watch out because, like, if you don't do it right, you're going to just get traditional movement that's just kind of duller than a, than a knife ball. I don't know. Good luck. Like. <laughs> so how did the jugs come to be? Like how did how did you guys get onto the jugs and everyone fall around? Uh from my memory in 2019, uh Earl became a team and uh, I forgot exactly who was on it, but it was kinda like uh they stacked the deck. So me, Tim, Stanton, and Red all started talking. We were like, yeah, we'll be a team to try and counter that. And from there we just we stuck together. We just, that's what it is. We're, we're a team. Uh, one of the hardest decisions we had to do was tell Connor um, in 2009, was it 2019 or no, 2020, that we weren't going to play with him in a uh, national championship tournament because we decided to play as the Jugs. And it, yeah, that sucked. But from there, like, it was just a decision we had to make. Yeah, we were always like, we talked a little there. bit. I think Red reached out to me and Ryan first and like asked how we felt about like joining MAW and making a team. After that year in Palisades, we knew like our main commitment was no longer going to be Palisades because it just wasn't the same. So we just eventually decided to commit to MAW. He, uh, he asked us, I'm pretty sure Red like asked us about like if he wanted to play, if we wanted to play with Stant and stuff too. And like, I don't remember this, but I know uh, like Brett and Stant had like a lot of like beef or whatever. It's uh, something, I don't know, something stupid, wiffle ball shit. But like, I didn't really know Stant at the time. And I think I was even like, I, I don't know how, I would like snap if his attitude will be right or not, but I mean, obviously, I love the kid now, and like we we win and shit. He's like the best hitter I've ever seen, so it just worked out. Do you still feel the same way about the name? Nah, uh, me. I know me, Stan, and Ryan. <laughs> like the Juggernaut's name was Red's idea. 
And we all fucking hated it at first, I'm pretty sure. We were like, dude, this is the stupidest name I've ever seen for a wiffle ball team. But like, we just decided to say, yeah, screw it. Just went with it. And it's been working ever since. So that's, for, that's a little bit how we started. Yeah, I also like like the sort of like Chicago Bulls theme you guys seem to have, especially because you guys have been winning so much recently. It's kind of a cool thing. Like, as you think about all the great teams that lost to Michael Jordan. Yeah, it just worked out in that way, kind of. Yeah. And, uh, I like the red color, and that's why uh, like I throw a little bit of the neon in there because the juggernaut is like red and yellow a little bit. It's not just red, so I like having a little bit of flair in there too, I guess. I was wondering where that neon yellow came from last year. I didn't. I didn't know that. Well, yeah, I've worn it forever. You've been wearing it since Palisades. Yeah, yeah I, I wore uh, it with Joannis Cespedes with the Mets. He inspired it, and I wore it in Palisades and it during baseball. And I kind of like wore it a little bit ever since. Yeah, that's how the jugs formed. It was <laughs> pretty, pretty interesting, honestly. But I knew like right away, like we had something special. Like once we finally like started our first tournament in 2020, uh, it was like me and we had Milstead and Potter on the team too. Our first tournament, like we didn't do good. I think we went like 0 and 3 or 1 and 3. But I knew like after that day, we all knew we could get the job done. We just had to keep grinding because like our team was something special. And even 2020, we had that weird year, but now it's like paying off. So. Like a lot of it when you get you when you get playing with a certain set of guys in the beginning it's always learning like what each per, what each person can actually do what they can handle what they're not good at and stuff like that and just find the positions to put them in to win you know what i mean a hundred percent like stan is like the manager now like he's like the main like shot caller i guess like he's the one that like mainly throws out ideas and then we like bounce back and he has like almost like the final say and he knows what he's doing with that he's the brains of the operation yeah a lot a, a lot of the time we all are but like yeah we just bounce it off each other and like that like there's been games where like games where like stan would come up to me and be like oh yeah tim we're gonna take you out and put Ryan in here at bat and it like I was just like all right like I, I trusted a hundred percent what he's doing and every single time it's paid off so I think the first year Red was technically the manager <laughs> and then he named Stant the manager and now Red's the <laughs> owner and it's it's been working out a little better ever since so yeah I mean that that first year you guys won the one you if I think Stant was telling Red what pitch to throw even Oh yeah! Oh, it's a hundred. That, that. That's yeah, that. That's how they pitch like that, and it works. Like that's what I, we need them to do. Yeah, I started doing that with Sean Ryan after seeing it. Like, like that's something I think a lot of people should do. Like, I feel like it makes. I've said it on the podcast before. I think it makes pitching so much easier. I'm a huge advocate for it too because it's just like a catcher calling a game in baseball. Like a different, posi another position can see the game differently than you can. So they might know better, like at what pitch this guy is gonna swing and miss at, or what he's gonna look at. So you can other players see the game differently from a different position than the pitcher. They might have a different or better idea on what pitch to throw. It's 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 hard to agree with because you're like, oh, the pitcher should know like this and that, but it's just like. It's the reality of the situation. You can't know everything. You might have tried to suck it up and throw a screwball past a guy where your teammate's like, no, drop one in the dirt or throw a change up, and that's the one that'll work. So Yeah, it's just you need you need two people to decide every pitch is a good idea. And it's not like, I, you know, you can't just shake them off. Yeah, it's just bouncing the ideas off each other. It's its own filter. So after winning you whiffs two years in a row is there anything that you can tell us that might make everyone else better and help us in the long run uh especially just want to win yeah it just want to win it like i can't i the past two years i know everyone can't do this i get it like everyone's in a different situation but like i really only committed to wiffle ball like i know i haven't been like the best friend to some of my friends like the best like this or that because like i've really just only cared about wiffle ball like some days i wouldn't hang out with people i'd just be doing my own thing I just been watching videos is like really only caring about that some people can say it's like pitiful or pathetic i guess it kind of is sad looking at it as an outsider but it's what it took for us to win so it's really really want it it's just who wants it i don't know if it's necessarily sad it's just it's something you really want to do it's what you like to do it ain't nothing 
yeah, who I've always wanted it, and same with Ryan. So like, I wouldn't have been able to sleep comfortably at night if I didn't have a national championship. I guess so. I mean, dude, in like in 2020, like I was just done with it for a while, and then just something clicked, and we were like, we really have to put the work in and do it. We did in 2017 and 18 to win Palisades, but like we took it to a whole nother level the last two years. We just really committed and put the work in and wanted to win the big dance so it paid off just the one keep... tip i have is uh we'll start to dread the travel for it but you just gotta make that a part of it and embrace it and you're gonna look back at some time and say this is the best time of your life so just make it count yeah i remember i hated the drive at the end of 2020 i was getting sick of it i didn't want to keep doing this but it was just a mindset thing if you want to win it, like you're gonna you're gonna want to drive down the york every other week or every week and just get it out of the way and just go down and play wiffle ball like now i look forward to that four hour drive it's just a mindset thing like if you want to be there you're gonna want to be there and road trips are fun you just got to make sure you have other people in the car for these road trips i was just telling colin i want to carpool to mid-atlantic opening day because doing the drive by yourself kind of sucks and like what Ryan said, just make it fun. Like just, you're gonna look back in 10, 20 years and say, oh wow, that was like the best time of my life. So just, just, just make it count, make it fun. Just wanna do it, don't dread it. You know, no one ever wants to carpool with me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're all- What you're about Wyatt? Wyatt? <laughs> Wyatt don't play like I do all the time. He does sometimes, <laughs> he don't always play. Maybe he will now. <laughs> <laughs> he'll listen like he'll listen to his podcast he's like that motherfucker he's fired <laughs> up right now <laughs> <laughs> uh, another thing uh, I know it backtracks us a little bit too but about pitching too Tim I know earlier you said well, I've always thought I never thought you could pitch and then over these last few years I've seen you eat more and more innings each, each, go, each year so I know you can throw but like, who do you kind of like model yourself after or whatever? Or what do you strive to be like whenever you're actually out there in the mound? Honestly, right now, I would be completely happy if I didn't even have to pick up a ball all season. Like, oh, no I, shit. I don't look all at myself right. anymore as like a pitcher. Like, I have to pitch. I have to do that. I honestly don't really want to. Uh-huh. Like, I know I can throw. Like, from 2013 to 16, like, I, my arm was as live as it can get, and I wanted to pitch every game. But then 2016, I hurt my arm. Still on video, and it's in one of the this month in wiffle balls. Like, I threw a new ball, like a clean ball, and my arm just, like, gave out. And, uh, so from 2016 to the current date, it's always been hit or miss. Like, some days my arm feels real, real good, and then other days it feels like shit. Like, I can never pitch. <laughs> it's so So weird. it's just, like, it's, it's hit or miss. Miss. like some tournaments I can pitch some I can't but it's not consistent enough for me to like keep grinding it out and like keep putting the work in just for pitching because I don't know if I'll be able to pitch or not come tournament time so oh okay yeah so I mean I can get it done like I think in, in NWLA this year I'm gonna I'm I want to pitch like I know I can do it so I'm gonna try my best to be a good pitcher there now that stance back in maw i don't know if i'll have to throw as much but i'm still ready for like if i have to come in and eat innings and stuff so i'll, I'll try and get that job done well do you throw uh when you do have to throw at mall or united or whatever it would be do you throw more like a traditional cut compared to a scuff Oh yeah, yeah. I throw I throw a regular cup ball. Like I'm not I'm nothing crazy on the mound. I have the screwball and I'm on my risers good. Right. And uh, I can throw a super curve sometimes, but like my accuracy is not really like the best anymore because I don't practice enough. Like I, I don't know. Sometimes I get lazy. Like on a three-two count, I'm trying to blow a screwball right over the plate right by you. <laughs> like it's no secret. Whereas like someone like Brian might throw a changeup or something there. He's more of a pitcher, but but if I was healthy, I feel like I'd be better. But it's just hitter. It's just too hit or miss. Right. 
I was wondering about that. I didn't know, like, I just know, like, I've seen your numbers and stuff go up for the last couple of years. I've noticed that. And plus, that was, like, one of the highlights in the drop this year about the, the 27 innings you threw. Yeah. And I was, like, asking, I was wondering if you, like, you set aside from, like, your hitting. I have to do both, but like, I didn't know if you had some days where you were just like, I'm really just going to focus on a bullpen today, and I'm just going to try to, you know what, that's what I was Oh, no, no. All, all of my focus is primarily on hitting and fielding the ball. That's really what, what I do. And then, like, for pitching, like, I know it's almost like the perfect role. Like, I'm there to eat up innings uh, competitively if I have to. And I know I can get it done usually for the most part. So, so it's a pretty comfortable role for me right now. Right. Because for me, like yesterday... I had a lot of my day. Like I probably spent like an hour and a half inning, and I spent like forty-five minutes getting myself ready for like a bullpen session. So I was out there like two and a half hours, basically. That's what that's what Ryan does. Like he practices pitching a lot. Like so he's definitely. I mean, and because he's a pitcher though, so you if you pitch, like you definitely want to do the bullpens and like be loose out there, just stay sharp, so that way you can throw the balls and strikes you need to. That's what I was asking getting to. Ryan, when you, when you throw your bullpens, do you, as you get, do you throw like two, three times a week or go like 50, 60% during those weeks? And like, do you have some weeks where you just throw once a week and you're like 85, 90% and that's the only time you throw? Or, or how do you, how do, how do you prep, how do you prep your arm for the upcoming beating you're about to put on it like we do? <laughs> I'm big. I throw a baseball to warm up. But also uh, at our parents' house, we have a garage with a board on it that has a box, and I throw like a, a rubber baseball at it. That's probably about the same weight as a baseball. So I loosen up, and then I'll go to the bullpen and just do my thing. But I try and throw like every other day if I can, unless my arm's hurting or something. But when I start to take, if I take a week off, I start to get a little rusty. So I just have to, I have to keep. I, I've always been that way. I used to when I was younger, I would throw every day. <laughs> yeah. Do you have like a certain like like a pitch count or something though during your bullpens or? No, uh, it's just all feel. Like some days I'll feel, I'll be out there longer. Some days I'll be out there shorter. It's all feel. You don't you don't really have to like put numbers on yourself because that's you're not always feeling the same every day. I don't know. I don't really like I don't like pitch limits. It's not. It's 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 more about how you feel rather than the number that you hit. You know. Yeah, so when your arm feels good, you throw, and when your arm hurts, you stop throwing. Seems simple enough. Yeah, it's just a feeling that you have. I don't know. I think you want to stop before it starts hurting. <laughs> like up to this point, like for me, how I'm doing now, I'm doing one actual bullpen session a week now. I'm kind of stepping down. Like, for like I, I wrote myself up like a three-month program, and like in the beginning, I would do – I would warm up with the baseball, do a little bit of long toss with the baseball. Then I would go to like a 30-pitch bullpen session, and I would do that like two to three times a week. And then now I'm getting to the point where I'll just warm up, and I'm throwing 50 to 60 50 60 pitches at a bullpen, but I'm at like 85, 90%, and that makes me feel like – for me, I think I feel good about it because I'm not, I know I'm not overdoing it, but I'm still prepping myself to go out there and throw at that 100 and I'm still working on locations and stuff. That's just me, though. I'm weird. I... Yeah, it's whatever works for you. Don't be afraid to ramp it up, too. You can throw your bullpens at 100% and it won't affect you as long as you're just not out there killing yourself. Yeah, everyone's different, so just do it whatever you're comfortable with and just trust in the work that you're putting will pay off because it will. Well, I'm, lu I'm lucky enough now. I, I don't ever expect to throw, like, 20 innings in a day. I went and got guys who can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes though, those guys won't be on, and you might have to. That's also true. That's also true. That's a problem for future Bryce, not current Bryce. <laughs> Hopefully, opening day, at least one of us is on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure one of the three of you will. Four, four. Hey, there's four people in here. Well, no, yeah, not in here. But I'm talking about on the team. Yeah, there's yeah, four, that's what yeah, I mean. I'm arms. sure Gino, yeah. Gino will be on too. You know, Gino. Gino always wants the ball. You gotta pry it from him sometimes. That's G. Maybe even Sean. Well, Sean's been talking <laughs> about it, but Sean's been talking about it, but yeah, since yeah, 2015. 2015 <laughs> he said that in the weight loss, and he did one out of the two. He still says his shoulder feels weird, so I don't expect Sean to be able to throw this year. Uh, he's not. He's not. not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like. I'll give Sean the benefit of the doubt a little bit. Okay. 
Oh yeah, no, I'm so happy Sean still plays wiffle ball, man. Like he's gonna run to this together, yeah. So it's awesome that he's still playing and wants it. Yeah, he's been getting together with Jimmy Cole in the offseason. He's been getting reps. Yeah, Sean's gonna rate this year. I don't know if y'all like it. I'm I'm gonna drop something here. I don't know if y'all like it or but I, you I heard from what a little birdie told me that the reason why the Stompers have Sean Ryan is because of you two. Uh, That's the word on the street. No, it's because Ryan Ryan tweeted out that Sean was looking for a team and then I yeah. sent oh, yeah. you a message uh, saying, Hey, we gotta pick this guy not, up. Yeah, I there sent, was multiple teams that offered Sean Ryan though, Tom. Yeah, I think the riser, he was going to be a riser. Sean told us he wanted to play MAW, so I edited that little, like, highlight video, and then Ryan posted it to his Twitter. And then, like, obviously, like, some eyes hit it, so. Sean's a good wiffle ball player. Like, he's a solid pickup. He'll get a big hit and shit, so it's not a bad pickup. His <laughs> energy, too. And the energy, yeah. You can't, can't, it's undefeated. Phenomenal pickup. And the IQ the guy has, too. Unmatched. Yeah, oh, that's good. Like Sean, Sean used to be one of the best pitchers. If his arm was, if his arm was still healthy, it, it, no doubt in my mind, he'd still be a top tier pitcher. So he knows what he's doing out there. He knows what pitches to throw and how to get guys out and stuff. Yeah, he he might not pitch for us, but he calls my pitches. How did y'all feel about your rankings for the drop one hundred this year? First off, Ryan, congratulations on being number one. And also, Tim, for being number 11. Thank you. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not really complaining about mine. I didn't really pitch at all, so it's pretty much... I think I could be higher. No, I, I know I would be higher if we, like, actually recorded defensive stats. <laughs> I'm just gassing myself. I don't, I don't know. I don't think I'd really be higher, but I'm, I'm pretty content with mine. Like, especially with all the great players around the country and whatnot. And I didn't really pitch at all. So I think in uh, 2021, I arguably could have won it. Not because my stats were the best and whatnot, but just because of, like, the work I put in for our team and, like, the dedication. I was like a man possessed and I really wanted that plaque this year along that year along with a uh, trophy but I'll take two of the, the the three things I wanted. I can't blame. Then Ryan I'm pretty sure he feels good about his. <laughs> I'll speak for Ryan like I mean yeah I it's my I brother like, <laughs> but I, I I don't feel like it's like really undisputed like I feel like it's undisputed like there's really no argument against it. He didn't really hit like he didn't hit the best but he hit though in big spots and like his pitching overshadowed his hitting by a long shot he was just all around the best player in my opinion oh for sure and the thing with you too like i think the only reason why this is just my speculation the whole thing for tim your ranking you gotta think you have stant in your lineup too and everyone counters makes him be as the best hitter in wiffle ball currently and then i think a lot of people overlook you for that because there are several times this year you got me twice especially in pittsburgh like stant didn't do the first blood you drew first blood yeah i mean uh, like, there's several times like people like look at you and they think like you're the easy out but you're not an easy out you know what i'm you know what i'm getting at yeah, I, I led the league. Well, I was tied for the home run league with uh, Grant Miller, I'm pretty sure. It was the first time ever I've led a league in home runs. Oh, that kind of went like quietly under the radar. And your triple too. Like all kind, like you hit the ball in big time spots too. Like it's like, it's not always Stant doing the damage. Like I'm, like a lot of people, Stant is the best hitter in the game. I, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying is I think you get overshadowed because of that. Yeah, I mean, that, that home run he hit against me in mid-Atlantic playoffs is still haunting me. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I, like I tell them all the time, I know my role, and I know my worth, and I know what I bring to the table, so I'm content with it. That's just the whole point of playing on a team that that good. You, you know what I'm saying? If Stan's not hitting, then maybe I'll hit, and if I'm not hitting, then Stan will hit, so. Or Red. Or Red, too, yeah. It's a cool thing. It's always the next guy up. That's a good mentality you all have. Yeah, sorry, Red's not on the podcast. I thought he could have been ranked higher. I know he's happy with where he's at too. You have out of your core, your core four, you're you're all are top fifteen, ain't you? Yeah, Ryan was one. Stant was was Stant three or four? I think Stant was three, wasn't he? Three. Stant was three. Red was Red eight. Uh, like some. What was Red? He's top ten, ain't he? Yeah. And then you were eleven. So your core four. <laughs> I mean, you're top eleven. <laughs> pretty solid yeah can yeah i mean that's fantastic 
Well, that's what I'm thankful for. Like, yeah, obviously, like I'm happy where I'm at, but uh, it's all our it's all our teammates. Like, just it's our team. Like, without them, none of it's. And Ray was not far behind. Was Ray was 27, wasn't he? Like I said, anyways, like all y'all, everyone on the whole Jugs roster was ranked. DNAP was 55, but. Ray would be even higher if he played more because, like, this dude is a fucking animal. It's kind of wild. Ah, oh, dude, he's a stud. Just show up and just be a dog. And just same with DNAP. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. We all, everyone knows what DNAP is. <laughs> One way I'm going to end this is Miguel Rabs. Do you guys have anything that you're really excited for this coming season? Obviously, with the exception of opening day. So I'm excited for the NWLA tournament. Uh, I mean, it's really the, we haven't won it yet. It's back in Pittsburgh. It's in Red's home hometown. It's on turf. Like at a football field or something this year. So it looks like it's gonna be a fun time. I'm really looking forward to that. And then uh, obviously like MAW and stuff again. It's getting back out there and playing some good old whiffs. And uh, yeah, like U whiff and stuff like that. It's gonna be even bigger probably this year. So just getting better and better each year. Definitely looking forward to it. I love hearing that. Bryce, Tom, do you guys have anything else to say before we end this? Let's plug. I won't go ahead and plug Middle Andy Quiffle. I don't know when this pod will come out, uh, but I know it's two weeks away on the 22nd. Really looking forward to opening day 2014. It's going to be a loaded field and just it's going to be a good time to go out there and compete again, play against the best of the best. So we'll see where we're at. And I'm going to plug Stompers. We're going to Golden Stick opening day. Me, Gino, and Nate Cruz. Uh, Colin, I think you've you've got your NRG team. Are you guys going to that too? We may or may not be going to it. You'll find out. Either way, thank you for listening. This has been Athletes Foot. My name is Colin Prentice. Don't forget to follow Athletes Foot on Twitter. Don't forget to join our Discord. And have a great day, guys. Peace. Thanks See for you. having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, guys. Bye. I think it's time to blow this thing, get everybody in the stuff together. Okay, three, 